Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brandon Adams, and today's show we have Jack Berenger. Cactus Jack Berenger has been a mentor of mine for the past three years. He's helped me develop my own product. He's gave me the mentorship to basically in life learn that if you believe in something, you can achieve it. And thought determines what you want, but actually, action actually determines what you get. So we talk about his experiences over the last 50 years. He is a true entrepreneur. He started out, he invented an arm wrestling machine where he developed it up to the point where he was in 50 states and 8 different countries. He sold distributorships for this and he created the largest arm wrestling competition in the world. After that, we talk about how he invented a product called One Shot Cleaner. He sold over $10 million of that on QVC. We discussed different tips on how to create a product and sell it on QVC and make it very successful. And then we go on to talk about his experiences on Shark Tank. He was on season one. He made a deal with Barbara Corkin and Kevin Harrington with his product, The Body Jack. We discuss how the show went and also how he had to lose 30 pounds to get the deal done with these guys, which he went on to do. And a lot of other things with entrepreneurship and succeed in life. Jack has more experience than the majority of the people out there. He's seen the past five decades what it takes to succeed as an entrepreneur. He's been in the low points, the high points, made millions, lost millions. This guy is honestly a legend. And you can learn a lot from him and all the different things he's applied over the years. So... I'm excited about today's show, but before we get started, I want to do a shout out to our sponsor, Arctic Stick. Arctic Stick is a new innovative product that both cools and flavors your bottled beverage. You simply pop the top, fill full your desired liquid, and freeze. You can drop into your drink to keep colder longer, or twist and drop in for a flavor burst. I love using the Arctic Stick for when I go to the gym. It's a great product for athletes. They can keep their drink colder longer. Or maybe you want to transport an energy shot. I put my pre-workout inside, and when I'm ready to use it, I can pop the top and take an energy shot or twist and drop into my bottle drink and give me an energy drink. It lets you decide. Check out Arctic Stick. You can go to my website, www.arcticstick.com, and you can order some there. So be prepared to take on your summer with Arctic Stick. And now, let's get into today's show with Cactus Jack Berenger. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. On today's show, we have a special guest. I'm so excited to have Cactus Jack on the show. How's it going, Jack? It's going great, Brandon. Thanks for having me on the show. Jack has been a mentor of mine and has honestly has taught me many things over the past three years. We met back at a, 
it was a presentation he gave at Iowa State University. And from there, honestly, it changed my life from how I think of things and how I do things. Jack has had a lot of success over the years from being on QVC, selling products, inventing million-dollar products, being on Shark Tank, and many more stories that we're going to get into today. But to start off, Jack, tell me about where you got started as a kid, where you grew up, and your entrepreneur start. How'd you get into it? Well, I'll uh, do that, but I want to backtrack just one second. You were talking about meeting me at Iowa State University when I was speaking. If you knew how I had my humble beginnings, way, um, I don't know whether you'd listen to me or not. My background, Brandon, is uh, I was born in a small town in southwest Iowa, Atlantic Iowa it was called, and I'm often asked over the years, because I have got a lot of inventions and uh, uh, been fairly successful at what I do, and people say, well, boy, you must really have an education. And I tell him, well, I says, let me just tell you how smart I am. I says, I was, there was a, our high school class had 121 in the class. And I always bragged that I was second in the class from the bottom. (laughs) 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 I got straight D's and F's. And the only time I got that one D is when I copied off of a buddy. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't really, uh, what'd you say, academic in school. It's. Uh, I just didn't pay attention, and I was always one of these guys staring out of the window daydreaming. Relate and, to that. Uh, I think they just kept passing me just to get me out of high school. And uh, got married, um, had our first kid, and we were flat broke. Didn't have a dime, and I didn't have an education. And... Uh, just didn't know what to do, and I don't know where it came from, uh, but I do know that I came across a copy of a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Great book. It's uh, Well, I can tell you how great it is. I've used that book, Brandon, over the last 40 years. It's became my college education. I never had a college education, but I've taken what I've learned in that book and I became obsessed with success, motivation, and trying to climb out of that hole. And it's been one hell of a ride. Yes, it has. You have a lot to show for it, Jack. You actually got me onto that book after we met on that presentation. And what's well, changed my life. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I just tell you something that's uh, uh, very dear to me is that four years ago, I got an email. I speak, whenever I speak at universities and colleges, I always tell the story about the book Think and Grow Rich. I got an email in from a gentleman by the name of Ross Cornwell, said that he was going to be editing, or the editor of the new and revised version of Think and Grow Rich, and uh, wanted a quote from me because he knew that I spoke highly of it and had had, uh, recommended it for all my life. So anyhow, I sent him a quote, and on it, all I said was, think and go rich, buy it, you own a book. Read it, you have the blueprint. Do it, you have the world. Cactus Jack, entrepreneur, inventor, and uh, salesman. Well, anyhow, he texted me right back, and... uh, said, I, uh, it's the best quote we've ever heard for Think and Go Rich. 
and we're going to put it center on the back cover. So out of over 60 world leaders of corporations from General Motors to Coca-Cola, mine made the center of the back cover. So that's one of my proudest moments. That that is something to be proud of, Jack, Mm -hmm. because you look at all the successful people in the world. Most of them, I mean, all have related to Think and Grow Rich, and Mm -hmm. they're not on the back of it. So that congrats on that. That's awesome. Well, thanks. So obviously that book changed your life and made you think differently because it is like it says, think and then grow rich. Mm -hmm. It's your mind. You can control your mind to achieve anything you want in Mm -hmm. life. So you read the book and tell me about the first business or entrepreneur endeavor that you led into. Well, uh, basically what I got involved in when I was young is um, door to door sales back then salesmen actually went out and made sales <laughs> calls and uh, I sold everything from fire alarms to vacuum cleaners to cookware to stereos you name it wow. uh, uh, and, and it, it was tough and it was hard uh, and it was challenging but uh, it was the greatest training that I could have ever got back then because what you do is you learn to handle rejection. You yeah. learn to handle the word no. And one thing that I always used to do is to trick my mind is when somebody would say no, I thought they spelt that wrong. It's backwards, O-N. Just keep going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, at any rate, uh, from that, uh, being in uh, direct sales for a number of years and, and getting that background, uh quite an interesting story uh back in the day i was in a uh, uh a bar w- calling on them to to uh, sell them something and i was standing right at the end of the bar and there was a little brass rail about three inches long and uh i i was sitting there no a friend of mine was standing there he kept turning that rail and I grabbed a hold of it so it wouldn't turn anymore. It was driving me nuts. And we it was like a little tug of war. Yeah. So I got out a quarter and I set it on that rail. And I says, if the quarter falls this way, you win. And if it falls this way, I win. Well, we played that thing for about a half an hour. And then everybody in the place came over and they wanted to do it. <laughs> well, that night, I went home and I, I got out a napkin and I drew out a picture of a uh, because I used to do a lot of arm wrestling when I was young. Yeah. And I was pretty darn good at it. But there's, you know, they always say that if you're going to uh, 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 invent a product, you got to f- uh, find a problem and solve it or find a need and fill it. Well, in arm wrestling, there's over arguments over the grip and the difference in their arm length. And so I came up with an idea to make an arm wrestling machine out of that an event happening yeah. in that bar that time. So I t- went down to a welder and uh, showed him my idea. And actually, what I did is I, I went and I got a, a, an, an in engineer, and then I got a, a carpenter and an electrician, and I got them all in a room, and I said, here, I want to build this armrest. <laughs> I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Yeah, That was my first experience of forming a mastermind group which is spoke about a lot in the book Think and Go Rich. Yeah. So 
we ended up building the first prototype and then we had to change it and we changed it several times before you knew it i had a arm wrestling machine and in fact it was my first invention and um, then went out and started booking tournaments in local bars throughout iowa and stuff and believe it or not brandon we packed the place it was just uh, standing room only yeah. and I realized my gosh I, I don't have a machine here I got a sport so what I did is I started setting up distributorships and where other guys could go out and hold tournaments and I sold them their exclusive territory got a machine and training and uh, I would get anywhere from 10 to to $25,000 depending upon the territory wow and over the next six years, sold over 315 dealerships in this thing. You can do the math. <laughs> yeah. And then I got $50 royalty on every tournament that everybody wow. held. Built that into 50 states and eight foreign countries and built the largest arm wrestling organization in the world. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. And. Do, don't they still have a competition at the Iowa State? It's been at the Iowa State Fair now. This year was the 35th year straight in a row at the Iowa State Fair. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need to jump on that machine and try it out myself. Yeah. Well, the, the thing, there's a message in all of this, and that is uh, there's a phrase, thought determines what you want, but it's action that determines what you get. I just didn't get an idea. I did something about it. Most people out there, all your listeners are listening to this show right now, I will guarantee you have all got a good idea at one time or the other. And what's the first thing that they usually do once they get a good idea? They tell a friend, they tell a relative, uh, you know, about it because they're excited about it. And what's the first thing that that good friend does says yeah brandon but but what about this this could go wrong and that could go wrong exactly. then you tell mom and dad or somebody else yeah brandon but this you know they're not doing that uh to be mean they they, they care for you and they want to protect you but they're feeding you those negatives and then all of a sudden you get beyond them and you get an attorney well Attorneys are the biggest negatives in the world. So true. Know? So uh, after you surrounded yourself with all them hearing them negatives for four or five weeks, you start doubting your idea, and you don't do anything about it. Ninety percent of the best things ever thought of have never happened because people didn't have the guts to move forward with it. I call the people that talked them out of that dream thieves. That's your dream. And they just stole it right out of your brain. That's a good phrase. The mm -hmm. dream thief, mm -hmm. the naysayers, we may call them, but yeah, yeah, they're they can really take away our dreams. And so when you when you started with arm wrestling, you had no idea where to begin. You just called some people no. that knew what to do, and yeah. sometimes, and not sometimes, most of the times, people there there are entrepreneurs and there's wantpreneurs. And an entrepreneur is willing to go into the abyss. In other words, when you're pioneering, um, 
there's there's all kinds of unknowns. You just move forward, and you're you got to be a quick learner, and you got to be willing to adjust, and you also got to realize where the opportunities are. Yeah, I didn't eventually, uh, or uh, in the beginning, invent that arm wrestling machine. Uh, I invented a machine, but no, I didn't. I realized I didn't invent a machine. I invented a sport. Yeah, and I went out and held these events. And we ended up holding our world championships at Las Vegas every year. Wow. Far cry from a little small town, Atlantic, Iowa. <laughs> mm-hmm. So tell me, what are the what were the biggest challenges for you to build that from one bar to 50 states and eight countries, bringing this to life? Well, um, as far as challenges, it was, it was the normal things of manufacturing yeah. and building it out of cash flow. You know, uh, there's there's so many ways anymore in today's world where everybody are trying to get their business financed and and to make it all happen. Back then, I did not have the money to do this. We went out and started holding tournaments, and I, I'm still making a living at that point. Uh, uh, you know, the stage of getting rich hadn't happened yet. What happened that really changed the ball game when I figured out a way to duplicate myself? I can run around and hold tournaments charging 500 bucks for an event and rollies, or I could go out and set up these dealerships, yeah, get a nice chunk of money up front, 10 to 25,000. I took my income. From about, and back then, you got to remember, we're talking back 35 years ago. Okay. All right. But I took my income from about $25,000 a year to over a million a year. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but but once something like that happens, now you got the cash flow to build upon. Yeah. Now that's not going to happen to everybody. Let's be honest. Yeah. I was just at the right place at the right time with the right idea. Yeah, that's uh, it's an amazing story. But I mean, yeah. you pushed through. Yeah. Most yeah. people wouldn't even went forward Back, with I'll, it. I'll uh, uh, before we got on the air here, you was asking me a little bit about different ideas and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, your listeners are going to love this because everybody always asks me, well, how do you come up? with these ideas. How do you come up with a million dollar idea? And I said, well, I'll tell you how I came up with another one. One night, my wife and I were watching TV and uh, there was a commercial came on and it was Speedy Alka-Seltzer, funny little guy. And he said, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Well, I at that time was manufacturing liquid cleaners like you go in a grocery store yeah. and you see all-purpose cleaners like 409 and a million different kinds. there's a million of them so the last thing in the world anybody would ever think is to getting involved with just another cleaner well i also knew the cleaner was 95 percent water and i seen that alka-seltzer commercial i thought for about five minutes and i looked over at my wife and i says you know what i says i just came up with another million dollar idea I said, cleaner, the people have already got their water. They've already got a spray bottle. Yeah. All they need is the active ingredient to, to turn that into cleaner. So I called my chemist the next day, and I says, I want you to make me a powdered cleaner. 
And uh, so I started them to work on it. And while they're developing the formula over the next 90 days, I went to a company and I had tooling made because I didn't want it just to look like an Alka-Seltzer tablet. Yeah. My name is Cactus Jack. And what does is, what is a Cactus Jack do? He has bullets. He's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. So I went out and I had these little tablets look like a forty-five caliber bullet. Then I went out and I got ammunition boxes, put them bullets in them ammunition boxes. There's 50 in a box. I named it Cactus Jack's One-Shot All-Purpose Cleaner. And just as I got that done, I got a phone call that week from a friend of ours at our church and said, have you heard about that company <clears throat> called QVC? They're coming <laughs> to Iowa. They're looking for new products. And they're going to be holding a trade show in Des Moines, Iowa. And I looked them up. I never even heard of them before. Yeah. But you could buy stuff off television. Well, I found out who they were. And I uh, made, made a couple phone calls where this trade show was. And it cost $5 to get a booth. Five bucks. Well, I showed up down there, and I'm all dressed. Everybody else has got their suits and ties on and looking like professional business persons. I come walking in uh, dressed like a full-blown Roy Rogers cowboy, <laughs> and I got a holster on me with a spray bottle on the side. You got to be kidding me. And a box in my hand. I stood in that, nothing in that booth but me in this box, and one of the buyers come walking by and says, uh, all right, what have you got? You got five minutes. There's 300 companies wow. that are all trying to get on QVC. And I says, do you have any cleaners on QVC? And they says, oh, my gosh, not another cleaner. And I says, well, how many of them come in a box? And they looked at that, and they says, what do you got there? And I says, why are people paying for water? They already got it. Why are they paying for a spray bottle? All they need is one of these bullets. Drop it in like an Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. To make a long story short, they, uh, there was 20 finalists to go on. Uh, they were going to bring out their mobile studios, Brandon. And uh, I was one of the 20 finalists that got a chance to go live on the air. They give me a per The first sale I ever made was for a $100,000 purchase order for wow. QVC. Went live on the air, and eight minutes into it, I was supposed to have ten minutes. The guy said, Cactus Jack, we're going to have to wrap you up. We just sold out. <laughs> sold it out in eight minutes. Wow. Then they got me a um, uh, another purchase order for a quarter of a million dollars. Brought me into the studios in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And this time I was on uh, two different ten-minute shows. Sold out the quarter of a million and over the next five years, sold $10 million on QVC. That is amazing. Why? Because I seen a commercial of Speedy Alka-Seltzer, and it gave me an idea. But to all of your listeners out there, those ideas aren't worth a nickel's hoot until you act on them. Thought determines what you want, but action determines what you get. That is an amazing story, and it, it's you're like the next pitch man. You were the pitch man of mm -hmm. the year, and you, so you wore a cowboy suit and everything, the whole I, nine yards? I, I not only wore a cowboy suit. I have all my outfits. If your listeners want to go on my website, which is uh, www.cactusjackmarketing.com, 
com. There's a video on there. You'll see all of my outfits. I have them made out in Hollywood. A place called Manny's Western Wear. Uh, Manny's, Manny's since passed away. He was an 80-year-old Mexican guy. He used to do a lot of uh, uh, Roy Rogers, Gene Autry's. He even made outfits for Elvis. That's awesome. And I have all my outfits custom made. Pretty flashy. I got an old saying, Brandon. The more flash, the more cash. The more cash. <laughs> so besides being flash, I mean, you had to get more of that. What was your trick to sell out these 100000 quarter-million-dollar orders in a short period of time? Well, I'll tell you what it was. Is um, I developed the theory that nobody was interested. Cleaner's cleaner. Nobody's interested in cleaner. Yeah. But everybody likes magic tricks. So true. And while I was on the air talking... I was doing demonstrations, and I, I, I came up with some incredible demonstrations. Uh, I would take out a permanent magic marker off of stuff. I would take uh, ink out of shirts. I'd, and I, I wouldn't just take ink out of a shirt. I'd take a pen, give it to the co-host, and tell them to put some. And I'd let them take their pen so they knew it wasn't fake. And I'd, I'd say, this outfit that I've got on, Cost three thousand dollars. It's custom made. Put some ink on it, and they go, "Oh no, no, no!" They put take a pen and put some ink on that shirt, and I'd spray it on there and and just agitate it a little bit. It just came out like magic. It took the rubbing out of rubbing, the scrubbing out of scrubbing. Gives you and your honey more time for loving. You are the pitch man. You only say that because it's true. Oh man, you really know how to sell it then. I'm just another pretty face. What it's can I tell you? Just another pretty face with a cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> so for other people listening out there, I mean, you kind of took a different approach. You went through a competition, and then you got picked to be a finalist, and you got to sell on right. QVC. Mm-hmm. How, in today's day and age, how do people get on QVC, and how well, do they succeed mm-hmm. with selling their product on it? Well, uh, it can be done. Uh, it's extremely difficult to get on QVC yeah. nowadays because – uh, when, uh, when I was on there, they were, they were running about three and a half to four, um, uh, billion dollars a year in sales. QVC now is running between nine and $10 billion a year in sales. Wow. It's massive. And, um, there's, there's the normal way of doing it, which is to go onto their website, fill out forms and submit products. Now, I will tell you this, that uh, that stuff, once it's shipped in there, is going to sit in a room for probably three months or longer. And then Nothing. M- then uh, you're not going to be able to get communicated with, and one in, one in 2,000 ever gets a shot at it. The best way to do is to find somebody that's already connected to them, that knows the buyers, that's got some ints. It's not what you know in this world, Brandon. It's who you know. Exactly. And uh, if you don't have somebody there to help you walk it through. See, this is what I do. I tell people the truth, you know, rather than a lot of smoke, you know. Yeah. You, you know, you got to get an in. you got to get somebody. And by the way, there are companies that actually do this. If you go in on the uh, Internet and just Google QVC representatives, uh, like it, brokers and, and brokers, yeah. There's companies that have done business with them for years, 
that can give you the shortcuts and help walk it through. Now, they're going to want a royalty. They're going to want a little spit, but what do you care if you're going to do millions of dollars in sales? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you, over the years, you've gained quite the connections in QVC yourself. Well, uh, not only that, Brandon, but what what happened because of my cleaner and being on QVC, uh, we produced an infomercial on that. Uh, in fact, QVC was the one that did the infomercial, and um, it was filmed out, out there in Pennsylvania, and it was unbelievable. They built an entire set for it. I imagine they probably spent close to $50,000 just on the set for the infomercial. But that led me off into a whole new world, uh, the infomercial industry. And uh, uh, there's, there's an incredible story about the infomercial industry and how it has evolved over the years. One of my... Um, partners from uh, Shark Tank. Did you want to talk about Shark Tank at yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me just uh, share this, uh, folks, is um, f- season one of Shark Tank, I actually got contacted. Uh, that was their first season, and every, uh, I, I had been quite well known for being an entrepreneur and stuff, and I got an email from a producer or something asking me, if I had any new products and I had just came up with a brand new um, fitness item for doing push-ups, and uh, so they asked me to make a, uh, a promotional tape to send to them and I sent it to them and uh, to make a long story short uh, I was selected to go on that show yeah and so I was on season one of Shark Tank and I went on there with uh, my daughter, who is a fitness trainer, to demonstrate it. And if anybody's ever uh, seen my show or wants to see it, they can just go to YouTube and uh, put uh, Cactus Jack Shark Tank. And it'll come up on YouTube. And when you see me, you'll see what the five sharks seen. Uh, I have I've blossomed, shall we say. <laughs> and... Uh, I was weighing about 265 pounds at the time, (laughs) but I had all my cowboy gear on and big leather jacket with a great big uh, belly sticking out. And uh, Barbara Corcoran, one of the sharks, says to me, she says, I I was asking for $180,000. And she says, well, she says, I'll go half of it, $90,000. But she says, you got to lose that big gut. And... uh, (laughs) So Kevin Harrington, the uh, king of infomercials, he says, uh, I'll go the other half, uh, subject to you losing. So they challenged me to lose 30 pounds in the next 90 days. (laughs) And uh, so at any rate, so the next 90 days, I not only lost 30 pounds, I lost 37. And um, so anyhow, I got a deal with the Sharks and – they flew me into New York for a big presentation of the check for $180,000. And that's just been an incredible experience, just being on Shark Tank. Yeah, know? everybody thinks yeah. of Shark Tank now, and they all want to get on it. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, it is a hit. Yeah, well, and and here again, I, I want to share realism with all of the listeners. And it. Yeah, you got a shot at getting on Shark Tank. Everybody does. But 
what has happened here is because of Shark Tanks, and they're now going filming season seven. Well, you can imagine the tens of thousands of people all wanting to get on Shark Tank, and they still only got you know four to five people per show, and they're filming about twelve episodes a season, so the odds are tough. But the uh, that that doesn't mean don't try. It just means that. Uh, you're going to have to do something pretty darn unique. And you got to remember this. Those shark, that show Shark Tank is a not, not about you getting a deal. And it's not about them finding another product. It's about entertainment. And if you haven't got something that's going to entertain that audience, that's why a lot of times you'll see terrible products on there. You say, what in the world that's doing on there? They can put a show you know, on. Because they want to be able to tear them people apart, humiliate them, and, and uh, run them off the set. That's, that's what that show is about. That's what is TV is anymore. Yeah. They want a show, and yeah, yeah. you obviously gave them a show. Yeah, yeah. So they did a recap on your uh, Shark Tank with you guys. Right. And so you went in, and actually they had you weigh in and everything, right? Oh, absolutely. We what was that a, like? We had a big weigh-in. uh they had they had Kiana Tom there, who is a uh, one of the world's most famous. Uh, um, uh, she's a Hawaiian gal, incredible uh, fitness trainer. She was the co-star of the infomercial. Yeah, I guess say I remember seeing yeah, that. She was there for the presentation, and then they brought in Pete Steinfeld. You've probably heard of Body by Jake before. Pete is uh, Jake's brother. Pete's the highest-paid uh, fitness trainer in the world. He trains Tom Hanks, Madonna, got a lot of them. You know, he wow. personally goes to their homes and does their personal training and stuff. So that whole, like I say, the the infomercial industry, that whole experience, uh, that's that's actually right now, Brandon. What I do, I'm I'm semi-retired now. Yeah. I do a lot of consulting <clears throat> to people with new products, yeah. inventions, trying to help them. You know, and you never know what phase you're at. Some of them have got just an idea that's a napkin on a piece of paper. Uh, some of them have got a prototype. Uh, some of them have actually been out there and had their heads beat against the wall for a couple years and just, just simply don't know how to get it on the market. And I know that you've spoke before about being down to um, – uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, yeah, and the how to get things on the Walmart shelf and things like this. And most people come to me and they say, I want to get this on Walmart. I want to get it on the shelf. And I tell them, I says, let me just share this with you. That's the easy part, getting it on the shelf. What you got to think about is how you're going to get it off the shelf. Exactly. Because if it's not selling in 90 days, you're going to get a return to sender. Walmart is broke as many people as has ever made money because they have to bring in all that inventory and they have to guarantee it. And then they go out and borrow several hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions to bring all this stuff in. And if it isn't selling, guess what? It all comes back on your nickel. So the, the key is, is how are you going to get your product branded? And that's what I use infomercials for yes. nowadays. Yeah, yeah, like you've taught me, it's 90% marketing, 10% product. 10% product and 90% marketing. 
because if people aren't going to buy, you got nothing Mm -hmm. and showing them why they need to buy it. And as you've done, you've made it into a brand for infomercials or you've almost made yourself as your own product. Well, uh, yeah, that, in fact, I intentionally have done that all uh, for the last probably 25 years is um, I figured if I'm going to be a brand called Cactus Jack, I didn't always have a ponytail down to my rear end. I didn't always have a beard and I didn't always dress like a gaudy cowboy and wear $100,000 with a jewelry on my hand. It's all part of my stick. It's my dog and pony show, yeah. you know, because I wanted to brand me. Because once I knew Cactus Jack got branded, I could use that for just about anything. You know, it's like Billy May and OxyClean. Everybody knew who Billy was because he had that big beard and he was a big mouth, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, he made a small fortune simply because of, uh, you know, his branding. Now, you got talking on Billy May. When you were doing the one-shot cleaner, weren't you guys actually competing? Absolutely. I was the number one selling cleaner on QVC, and Billy May was the number one selling cleaner on Home Shopping Network. Mm-hmm. Wow. But we were always, we, you know, we would meet at trade shows and different things. We always, we were, you know, we got along fine. What, so was he a nice guy? I mean. Oh, yeah, Billy was fine, you know. Um, uh he just had a whole different stick than I did, but yeah, uh, you know, it worked for him. Mine worked for me. Everybody's got their own niche in the mm-hmm. market, and mm-hmm. you obviously found their or yours. So, what advice would you give to people? Everybody's trying to become unique in the market and invest in their self, become their own brand. What advice do you give to people if they're trying to figure out how to be their own brand, be different? Well, uh, I, I guess the biggest thing that I would say is got to be true to yourself. Uh, you can't be something that you're not. Yeah. You know, if you're a timid person and you're, you can't talk or you're, you know, you're afraid to, you know, you just got to be honest with yourself. Um, maybe you're, you're, you're not, uh, you know, just like me, I'm extremely flamboyant. Um, some people say I have the gift to gab. Notice (laughs) I haven't shut up since I come on the show. (laughs) Uh, You're doing pretty good. Yeah. But, um, you know, you just got to find something that's true to you and, and then that, that you're comfortable with and, and be it, you know. Not everybody wants to be a cowboy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to some certain businessmen, uh, that suit and tie is their brand. Do you know something that can be as, as simple in branding? What? All right. A hat. All right. Well, who's this, uh, the, the singer now, Perel? Um, oh, I know what you're talking what, about. What uh, am I thinking of? The one that wore the meat outfit? No, no, no. That was Madonna. Madonna. She wore the meat outfit. Uh, Perel wore that hat that looked like Smokey the Bear on his head. Yeah. He came out with that song, Happy. Yeah. And that by that hat, just became part of his character. And now every time that you see him, he's wearing, wearing a... It's like Peacock, exactly. and you're trying to show off for All everybody. Right. All right, let's take... Uh, remember Don King, the boxing promoter? Yeah. All right, he was the biggest boxing promoter in the world. And every time you would see him in the middle of a ring, he had hair sticking straight up about nine inches. He wouldn't comb it to the side. He'd comb it straight up. And he looked ridiculous. But everybody knew who Don King was because he was a goofy guy with that hair. Just like Ali. You look at him. Absolutely. How, How about Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson, how did he brand himself? 
by a, a, a glove. White glove. Put a, put a glove with sparkle on in his hand. Yeah. And it became legendary, you know. So uh, any one little thing, it could be something that you wear, something that you say, something that you do, that always become. Uh, there was a, a country western gal from years ago, Minnie Pearl was her name. She always wore a straw hat yeah. that had the price tag hanging down on the side. And she, she always kept she it. She built her brand all of her life were wearing a, a straw hat with the price tag hanging down the side. So there's just a few. You know the branding. Yeah, you obviously exactly. are the, the king of that. Mm -hmm. Over the years, you've 40, 50 years being an entrepreneur. I mean, you've seen ups and downs. You've made millions. You've lost millions. You've done it all. For one, I first want to hear the the downest, the worst part of being in business, basically your biggest setback and how are you overcome that setback. And then also looking in the future now, what have you learned in the past 50 years and what do you see is going to be the key to succeed in the next five to ten? Well, let me share this with you about setbacks and, 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 a, and a, a thing about entrepreneurs. We all in our minds tell ourselves we're willing to win. We want to win. Let's go. Uh, and here, living in America, we've always heard this, it gives us the right to win. Everybody's got it all wrong, Brandon. What living in America does, it gives you the right to fail. Now think about that. In America, we've got such a system that if everything goes wrong, and it all topsy-turvy, right down to the point where you have to go bankrupt, our system allows that to happen and allows you to start over again. Yeah. All right, now, when you watch uh, my segment on Shark Tank, when they, they come and do what's a home package, they view, uh, came and filmed at one of my homes. I've got a log home now on a lake. And we're interviewing me, and I tell the story, that I, and I make the comment, I went bankrupt at one time. Remember me telling you that story about monster arm wrestling and the huge success? Yeah. You ever heard the expression, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Yeah. Well, I fixed it. I came up with a better machine in my mind, I thought, it was for team arm wrestling, where two people could arm wrestle two other people at the same time. Got that thing all developed. It was just an incredible thing. Got it out onto the market. In 90 days, I sold 30-some uh, franchises at $25,000 a piece. And then the phone started ringing. Guy called me up. Guy called me from Oregon one time. I said, how'd your tournament go last night? Well, it went fine, but I had a broken arm. Oh, man. And I went, oh, my gosh. Well, three days later, the same guy calls me up, and he says, I had a full house last night, packed, and I had two more broken arms. Oh, my. Over the next 30 days of getting those machines out, I had over 35 broken arms. Wow. And product li liability lawsuits coming from everywhere. And uh, back then, it was really difficult to get a product liability insurance uh, because everybody was suing everybody for anything. Bottom line on it is I had to bankrupt that corporation. And it's hard on the ego. And 
here I had made all this money and now I'm paying it all out in lawsuits and it was a mess. Now, that's enough to just, you know, uh, stop most people. And yeah. then, then you spend the rest of your life moaning and groaning, you know. And I tell everybody, here's how you treat uh, uh, entrepreneurial failures like this. The same way that most people will treat a divorce. First of all, uh, you go through denial, and where this isn't really happening. Yeah. Then you go through anger, where you're just madder than hell about it, and then you all of a sudden, you know, a little more time goes by, and then you accept it, and then finally you say, oh, "Here comes a new chick down the road." <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give her one more go at this. That's what you do. Go ahead and. And be upset about it. That's all right. Go ahead and moan and complain about it. Get it out of your system. And get your ass back to work. <laughs> and, and you obviously did that. I mean, you came around and did the one-shot cleaner. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's an awesome story. Mm -hmm. So what, uh, over the past, the other question, over the past five decades, how things change in marketing? And how, what do you think is going to be the new way for it coming up? Well, I got to tell you, the big change, Brandon, is back in my day, we never had the internet. We never had all of this stuff. Uh, what we had was uh, just like building prototypes. We physically went out and built prototypes for that arm wrestling machine. Yeah, exactly. and, and spent months and years building different cabinets and stuff. Now, you can go on and you can uh, uh, have a CAD design done on the computer and then you can have a 3d printer print out your prototype yeah and it looks exactly like a product would uh that uh you know you'd swear it came right off the shelf i've got a, several products in there in my office right now that once they stick it in that 3d printer 24 hours later you've got that object sitting on your desk which is amazing and you don't have to go out and spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars you spend a you know maybe a, a thousand or two, and you got everything that you need set in there to go out and get your deals done to help you raise the money if that's the direction you yeah. want to go. Yeah, the game's totally yeah. changed. Yeah. But what's really changed it is, um, what I see one of the biggest problems with entrepreneurs nowadays is they're relying too much on the internet. Nobody wants to get out of the house anymore. That's Nobody, the truth. You know, most guys don't even want to go to do an interview. They want to send an email. Yeah. To tell them how great they were, you know, or, 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 or you know, you got to go in. If you want that job, you got to sell yourself. They want to know who you are. What's your personality? Yeah. And then you, you got to let them know that you're there to, you know, and it isn't what any more people going to interview. They, they want to tell them everything that they want before they're going to. No, no, you got to find out what what the job wants. You know, what can you do for them, not what they can do for you. So that that's good advice. That's mm -hmm. so true. And you're right. I mean, today's day and age with Facebook, social media, internet, people. I mean, the generations coming up do not want to leave their house, well, and they're not. Some of them, I think, they're lacking with computing education. Most salesmen want to want to sit there at home and send emails back yeah. and forth. They don't want to go out and make calls and. And build those uh, rapports. You know, I here's another thing that you got to remember when you're making calls on businesses and stuff. 
Uh, Harvey McKay, who's got the largest envelope company in the world, always liked to tell the story. He would teach all of his salesmen, always be, you know, call them, even though you don't get the business, stop in and see them once every month. He's, I don't care if it goes on for three to four years. The guy that's got the business now, one day is going to screw up. You better be the first one in line. Exactly. And he says, if you're there and you're just constantly calling them, you wait for that that guy that's got the business because he's going to mess up and you're going to get it. That's so true. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've learned that for myself yeah. and found it out. It's you got to buy or die. Yeah. <laughs> so a few questions will go on to you before we get going here. Who have been, I mean, mentors, you've been my mentor, and I've had many mentors, and really it's why I've become successful. Tell me who have been your mentors growing up and how they've had affected your life. Well, probably my number one when I was extremely young, I uh, still in high school, I worked in a grocery store, and uh, there was a guy there that, uh, in fact, he was the manager of the store, and um, I don't know why, but he sort of uh, took a liking to me, and he mentored me, and uh, it was a Safeway grocery store. Then uh, about two years later, he announced that he was resigning to go to another town to open up uh, a brand-new store. Yeah. And uh, when he left, me and one other guy, there was over 40 employees of the store, he only took two of us with him. And so I went with him, and we opened up that new store. And the guy just, he was just an incredible mentor of mine. Yeah. So that would be my first one. And then uh, second one, would, I got a, uh, uh, we talked about the book Think and Grow Rich. Well, a lot of your older listeners, if you have any, might remember a guy by the name of Earl Nightingale. Earl Nightingale, uh, and his partner, uh, Lloyd Conant, started a company called Nightingale Conant, which to this day is the world's largest distributor of success and motivational tapes in the world. Wow. Uh, well, um, I, I loved all those tapes. I used to live listening to motivational tapes whenever I was driving, and uh, to the point where uh, I believed in them so much I bought a distributorship with the Nightingale Conant Corporation years ago selling success and motivational tapes. Oh, really? Wow. And within a matter of nine months, I uh, won a huge award. I sold more of one of a certain program than anybody in the world. And they uh, flew me into uh, Chicago to this huge convention. And Earl Nightingale, the CEO of the company, uh, gave me a... a, a the award for it and everything. So I'd have to say that Earl Nightingale and the motivational tapes. Now I know that that's not an individual mentor. No, but it's But but my my mentor was that I surrounded myself in today's yesterday's world or today's world. There's so much negative going on mm. that if you don't have something to counteract that you're going to become negative yourself. Exactly. And that's why when I'm driving down the road, I don't have music on. I don't have any of that garbage on. I got a CD in there and I got motivational tapes and stuff. And it's just amazing what they can do to counteract 
what's going on once you get out of that car it is what you're going to be hearing you know so my mentor the if i really be honest would be success tapes motivational tapes motive my library brandon you've seen it uh i they couldn't get me to crack a book in high school yeah. i mean and i didn't go to college now i have literally thousands of books and motivational tapes all designed to do one thing just get me one more dollar than yeah. i had yesterday <laughs> oh <laughs> that is true I, I mean i've done a lot of motivational tapes as well i mean you're right it keeps you in a positive energy feeling mm -hmm. because the world has a lot of negativity out there you're talking about how many books you have that's my next question is what are your top three books you would suggest to other entrepreneurs well, you know that you know the first one i know the, obviously the that's going to be the easy answer think yeah. and go rich um the one thing that I will, I'll just mention again about Think and Go Rich is in the opening uh, chapter, probably in the opening uh, first few pages, Napoleon Hill, the author, says, you're going to read this book, and it, you're, it's going to be in there thousands of times, but if you get to the point where you can narrow it down to one sentence, there's a secret to everything that you'll ever want in life and it'll guide you and on about uh, I'd read the book through once and I thought I knew what it was and by the way you never stop reading think and go rich I've been reading it for 45 years exactly I'm gonna give you that one sentence if all your listeners if they don't get anything out of this interview if they'll write this sentence down and really absorb what I'm about to tell you, you got the answer. And here it goes. You become what you think about most of the time. Now think of that. You become what you think about most of the time. If you think about hunting, and you're a hunter, and you think about deer, and you think about turkeys, guess what? You're going to get, go get yourself some camo clothes. And you're going to go get yourself a gun because you're thinking about it. And then you're going to go hunting. And the more you become obsessed with it, one day you're going to shoot you a deer and you're going to shoot you a turkey. Why? Because that's what you thought about. If you are a guy that is into coin collecting and you're obsessed with it uh, and you think about it all the time, one day you're going to have a hell of a coin collection. Now, speaking of that, this one's really going to get you. About 25 years ago or 20 years ago, I'm watching the Today Show one morning, and they're doing a show on collectibles. And um, they had one thing on there called Pez. They were candy dispensers. Yeah. And they were showing them, and they had a bride and a groom on there, and the guy said that well, this one's worth nine hundred dollars, and this one's worth a thousand dollars. And I commented to my wife, I says, "Look at them crazy thing, them little candy dispensers." <laughs> and she says, "All oh, she says, the kids have got some down in their um, toy box downstairs when they were kids." I said, "Good, I get them." So she came up, she had three little Pez dispensers, set them on a counter, 
Well, a week or so later, the neighbor was having a garage sale and walked over there, and they had some Pez dispensers there. And they were a dollar a piece. I says, give me that. I think there were five of them. So I brought them home and lined them up with them other three. Well, remember me saying you become what you think about? Well, I started thinking about <laughs> Pez dispensers, and then I started collecting them seriously, and then I started collecting them very seriously. Yeah. And right now, and you've seen it, Brandon. Oh, it's I crazy. have the largest Pez collection in the world. It's worth over $350,000. It's amazing. Thousands and thousands of them. But why do I have that? Because I started thinking, thinking about, about it. it. <laughs> That's funny you come on to that because yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but a little over three years ago, I had interviewed you for back when I was in college. And before I left, it, right as I was walking out the door, you had said to me, Brandon, you become what you think about most of the time. And I never forgot that. And yeah. I've, I mean, done that for whatever I do. I think about it constantly because you become it when you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And it's amazing the power it can give you. Mm -hmm. I, I could go on about that all day, especially with Think and Grow Rich. But the last three things or what could be three tips, your most successful tips you would give to listeners out there to become successful as an entrepreneur besides reading Think and Grow Rich? Because that's mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. the obvious. Uh, well, the first thing that, that to be an entrepreneur, uh, you got to understand what truly an entrepreneur is. An entrepreneur, in my definition, you have a hundred definitions. Yeah. One who is willing to accept the risks of business. Now think what I just said. Willing to accept the risks. What does that really mean? Willing to go into the unknown. Willing to take chances. Willing to fail. And then start over again. All right. So, so the... the and unless you can yourself, and by the way, something very important with that is you've got to have support. If you if you got a wife and she's not willing to support you through these things, it's going to be tough. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, my wife and I, we went all the way through high school together in Atlantic, Iowa. She was a freshman. I was a sophomore. We went all the way through high school together. Then we were engaged two years, and we just celebrated our 51st anniversary. Congrats. That's so awesome. So we've been together since we were kids. Well, you can imagine living the entrepreneurial life with me. <laughs> Highs, lows, yeah. ups, downs. Not everything is a success. You know, when I go out, and you've heard me speak at colleges before, Brandon, I just don't tell all the wonderful stories about Harry, how great I am and look what I did. I share the the downside of it. Yeah. You know, I at one time told him in school, I says, you know, all these teachers, you spend four, six years going through college, whatever, and they tell you how it is. And if you do all of these things and you go out into the world Everything's going to be wonderful because I just taught you. And then you go out, you graduate, and it isn't quite the way that they <laughs> said it was going to be. 
you can't get the job because what what you didn't know is it, it wasn't what you know it's who you knew somebody's dad made a phone call you might have been twice as qualified yeah you weren't taught that in school and and i i i tell all the students i says what they didn't tell you is here are all the rules play by the rules what they didn't tell you is the other guy ain't playing by the rules the, the other rule, guy ain't playing breakers. by the rules yeah so now what do you do now you've got to you got to learn how to adjust with it yeah you know so those there's so much of living the life of an entrepreneur but i will tell you this it is incredibly rewarding here's the thing is why would you ever choose a life where you never take any chances, you never do this, you never do that, you want to get that little secure job so you can do the same thing for 30 years or 40 years, and then if you don't make it any waves, make it safely to death without too much discredit. Is that what the hell you want? I don't think so. Why no. do we ever want to make it safely to death? Why not go out there and light yourself on fire and then wait for somebody to try to put you out? I love that. That's so true. I mean, that's why I tell my viewers, life is too short. Why Why don't you create something great while here? Become unforgettable because we only have a short period to do it. Yeah. Achieve greatness. Jack, thank you so much for coming on the show. You have... Literally, I mean, years of experience. I could talk to you for five hours easily. And you have a lot of insight to people. If somebody wanted to contact you or see what you're doing or try to get advice from you, where could they find you at? Well, uh, my um, uh, website is www.cactusjackmarketing.com or they can email me at jack at cactusjacks. J-A-C-K-S dot com. That's Jack at Cactus Jacks with an S dot com. Or they can just give me a call. 515-292-8321. So what's in for you now? I mean, besides doing some hunting and uh, vacationing, you got any big projects in the future? Well, actually, what I do nowadays, uh, even though I'm, I'm 72 years old now, Brandon, but um, I still do a lot of consulting to people with new products and yeah. inventions because why is because there's something brand new walk in the door every day. It isn't like I, I never know ever for my entire life. When I wake up in the morning, I don't have a clue what's going to go on that day or what's going to walk in the door. It isn't like I'm somebody that's done the same thing all their life. It's still exciting for me. Yeah. So if something new and, uh, you know, comes across the the pathway, I'm willing to take the walk. That's awesome. Well, hey, thanks, Jack. I appreciate coming on the show. Well, just remember this. Cactus Jack, he's your man. If he can't do it, no one can. <laughs> Call now. That's from Jack, guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. In the meantime, go out there, create something great, become unforgettable. Life's too short not to. I'm Brandon Adams. We'll talk to you guys later. 